There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 28, season 2 of the Daily Mission Podcast. In studio, my name's Greg. I'm joined by... Mr. Nathan Brown, Nate, how we doing, bud? We're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, last last podcast before Ottawa, so we're uh, we're getting ready, and the boys are coming to town, so we'll get ready to fire up. Yeah, we'll be humming on all the cylinders, but I want to say that the pregame show today is brought to you by Manscaped. If you're growing out that bush, we've said it a million times, if you're dealing with a bush leak, get that thing trimmed up and order the lawnmower 4.0 by Manscaped. It's a must. You get the big package, too. comes with a, what, nose hair trimmer. Yep. Every single cream you could ever imagine. Yep. Crop reviver. Yep. Crop preserver. Yep. You know what we're talking about for crops. Use Absolutely. code TDI. Get 20% off free shipping. Best deal going. They've got new shampoo, new body wash as well. So they've got a new line out for, for all men, um, you know, hygiene care. So so make sure you're over on the Manscaped. Use the code TDI. Anti-cut, too. Yeah. Can't cut yourself. No, for sure. Really underrated. It can be a bloody scene in there sometimes. It can. I've um, man, back when I used to use the straight blade. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It yeah. was. It was bad. Talk about moguls. But yeah. anyway, we're moving oh, on. Talk um, about moguls. It's uh, it was a, it was an eventful week, Nate. It's been an eventful week in sports. But we're gonna kind of start in the Oscar scene where that headlined most of the news uh, for a few days. Uh, if anybody missed it, which I don't think you have, Chris <laughs> no Rock shot. was dishing out uh, some chirps and he ended up um, you know, chirping or kind of had a joke directed at Will Smith's uh, significant other or wife, I think. And, um, and anyway, Will Smith goes up on stage and slaps him across the face and then screams some vulgar language as he goes back to his seat. And he, it was something like I've never seen before. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a joke at first. I'm sure a lot of people did, like when he walked up. Yeah. Then when he sits down and starts yelling, I'm like, "Holy sheep, man!" Yeah, I know it's unbelievable. But what is it? Well, like, what's wh- who you side with on this? I honestly, man, I'm going to side with Will Smith. It's a cold take, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm an individual who you know I like to you know stand up for myself and 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 honestly too, like you know when you're dealing with family and you're dealing with medical issues. There's a fine line there, and I'm sure that you know there were some rumors that Chris Rock, you know, he he didn't write the joke, and he was he was kind of un, he was uncertain about you know the the diagnosis of of her medical condition. But yeah, man, I, I thought it was an unacceptable joke. I thought it crossed the line, and, and I thought Will Smith did something. Obviously, you know, you're not able to go and physically hurt someone and and you know assault them. But I mean, I I I side with Will, man. Like that that crossed the line for me, and and uh, I would probably be a little enraged. Yeah, I feel like I'd be a little mad. I think I'm with Chris Rock on this one, though. I, I don't know. I just didn't think it was like, I understand it's like a medical thing. I just, I don't know. If it was a roast, I guess it's a different thing, too. It is kind of like a, it's an odd situation. You know, so you're at the Oscars. Ceremony, you're yeah. receiving the best male actor, and then yeah, and then your wife's medical. Game. He was obviously under the influence. And I, I'm a guy, man, like, you know, I, I just, there's just, there's just like a zero tolerance when it comes to that stuff for me anyway. Um, and uh, obviously, definitely could have handled it in a, in a different, you know. <laughs> Fashion, for sure. But, I mean, like when Ricky Gervais hosted, 
You know, he roasted everybody. Yeah. No one's going up and absolutely slapping him. But yeah. I, I also don't think he really had any, like, direct shots. No, exactly. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's whatever, man. Like It, it is what it is. It certainly blew up on social media, blew up across uh, the media stage. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. I know Will, Will Smith, uh, he released an apology mm-hmm. uh, to Chris Rock. But, I mean... I, in the back of my mind, it's a like Chris Rock just started his tour. I guess the ticket sales are through yeah. the roof. Prices, it's like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, was this staged? Mm. Was there some media tactics behind this? Who knows? It's a, I mean, there's always a shot for sure. Yeah. I mean, just as you, like you said, the ticket thing, like his, what they said, they sold more tickets um, in like one day than they did the last month for his tour. Uh, it's something outrageous like that. Yeah, uh, there's, there's something there. I don't know what it is, but uh, Benet, we're moving into the sports scene, and Canada is heading to the World Cup. They qualified first in CONCACAF. I mean, just the turnaround of Canadian soccer. The women winning the Olympics, and and now the Canadian men's going to the World Cup. I mean, I didn't I didn't think we'd ever get here to be honest. I mean, no. it was kind of a write off sport, and it, you know, in the in the grand scheme of things, at the global level, it doesn't seem like Canada has much of a chance. But we'll see, man. I think they're going to be a nice underdog story. This is a team that's got a lot of talent, man. And and if yep. we make some noise over in in Qatar, this country is going to be going nuts. It's going to be wild. It's it's exciting, man. The you know you've got the um, what was I going to say? Sorry, just forgetting again. Oh, like oh, did you see the thing with like the pots, the pot system? Yep. Yep. Okay, so what they they ended up losing to Panama. So they're in yep. pot four. Pot four. So I know there's a lot of people too that are kind of like you know I'd love to see them play Brazil and stuff. Yep. But it's like, do you really want to play Brazil? Like I would want to see that yeah, and play or play like England or play like one of the headlines teams. There's a good chance, but like, there's also the outside chance because in pot one is Qatar. Yeah. There's exactly. an outside chance to get in that division, which yep. would be huge. I mean, sure. I'm just like, I obviously want to see them play good teams, but I would also rather see them go on a run rather than just lose in the round Robin for sure. But like so, what an underdog story that would be if you could upset a country like Brazil or a country like England. Well, that's but the yeah, other thing. Like, too. I think I would get a little bit more up for a game against Brazil than I would for like a game against Switzerland or a game against Qatar. But I think we'll be watching it regardless. And I think, yeah, you're right, Nate. I mean, for, for the route to the, I think it's the sweet 16. I think that's 16 teams advanced from the group stage. I think that's uh, the reason. I think it was 32. Oh, is it the 32? round of 32, yeah. Okay, so 32 teams move on. Yeah, I mean, their chances are much better in an easier group, but there's something compelling about them playing against one of the superpowers and upsetting them. For sure. What a run, too. I mean, I remember talking about it like when it first started, and you know, they were kind of getting traction. We were like, man, they might be able to sneak in, like at that third or fourth spot and like actually get in. They won. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. They're doing this without their best player as well. I know. I mean, Alfonso Davies is still dealing with complications from his COVID vaccine. Um, I don't know if you caught the Panama highlights too, but like they could have had a, probably a penalty kick pretty early in. The yeah, guy they lost got, one. I think I didn't watch it last night. No, they I'm just a full like, on bandwagon fan. Like if the game doesn't mean anything, I'm waiting for the for the World Cup. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I just I just wanted to see if they'd move up. I, I didn't really care if they went from pot three to pot four. Yeah, I mean the draws tomorrow. Well, it'll be yeah, coming tomorrow. out uh, today, I guess. Once oh, this once yeah, is released, right. but that's gonna yeah. be. I can't wait to watch the draw. Yeah, that's gonna be sick. Oh, absolutely, and uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, obviously, we're thrilled that Canada's heading to the World Cup. Super exciting, but uh, Benet, we're moving on, and uh, and yeah, we're heading to Ottawa, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, we're flying out Saturday. We're going to be in there for Senators Red Wings on Sunday and Senators Nashville Predators on the Thursday. We're going to be in Ottawa all week, so if you're a listener from Ottawa, hit us up. You know, We're going to do a meetup at some point during the week. I'm thrilled. I'm so excited to get to meet up with our uh, good friend of the show, Johnny Deacon, Drake Batherson. Uh, yep. Riley Urquhart, Evan Holmes. I mean, there's going to be a bunch of good buddies of ours in Ottawa that uh, we're going to be absolutely yeah. hanging out with. Yeah, it's going to be nice to see. Also, just seems like there's a ton of people that are excited to meet up with the boys too. Yeah. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good one. 
Absolutely. Well, that's going to conclude the pregame show of episode 28 of season two. The Daily Mission Podcast. We're moving into quarter one. And it's NBA talk, Nate. Yes, sir. And uh, the Raptors have been making some noise lately in the Eastern Conference. They've, uh, they've, I think they're in fifth place right now in the Eastern Conference. They're right out there. of the the playing games scenario. They've been hot. Um, they beat the Celtics. They last night they beat um, the Minnesota Timberwolves fairly handily, but they beat the Celtics. They had the Celtics up uh, uh, in, into Toronto, and and uh, Jason Tatum, uh, Robert Williams, and Jalen Brown were all out for the Celtics. They ended up winning in overtime. But uh, some speculation came out after that game that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are unvaccinated, so they were unable to enter the country to play that game. So with that law by the Canadian government, this could be very advantageous for Toronto in the first round of the playoffs. For sure. You'd almost think the NBA is going to probably do something about that, though. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I don't know. I know it's like law and stuff, but it's like... I don't know. It just seems that is so advantageous for the competitive advantage. Yeah, you're right. It's I mean, ridiculous. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, with the pandemic kind of you know fading out, and and obviously you know there's no real mask mandates. I mean, there's no real COVID mandates anymore, other than yeah. the fact that, that if you get it, you have to isolate, like I had to do all last week. Um, but but yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, for a team like well, whatever team gets Toronto in the first round, I bet that there's going to be some players that won't be able to play or there's going to be some players that get the vaccine before the, that series. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. I'm not sure they're matched up right now against the 76ers. Okay. So I now no one off the top of my head rings unvaxxed on that team, but I also, so it's kind of hard to, to tell because, because yeah. Think about how much heat Kyrie Irving took. Yeah. And but then, but and then did, it comes out. What's that? Sorry. Well, I was just going to say like, what do you say? Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah. The so, two superstars. Did, did anybody know that though? Like, no. I feel like no one knew that. Well, because th- there was no Massachusetts law saying that you couldn't work without a exactly without a, a vaccine. So, I mean, Kyrie Irving took so much heat. and uh, I mean, he's playing fantastic. We talked about the last episode, but I feel kind of bad for Kyrie. Not often do, but I mean, the fact that he had to take all of the heat for all of the NBA players who are unvaccinated. Yeah, but I mean, he had the balls, man. He stood he stood out the whole time. Yeah. And, just and didn't give in. So it was a big, it was, it. it was for, it was for the freedom and the, and the power of choice. And, and honestly, you can, you can pick sides, but man, I've really liked what Kyrie's done this season. I'm happy he can play at home now. And, and I, I've, I've been, you know, verbal about this. I want to see the Nets go on a little run. I, uh, there's something about the, you know, the villain of, of, of Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving that, uh, that I really, uh, Find attractive, but uh, beneath the Lakers have fallen out mm-hmm. of the tenth seed. They're now in eleventh in the Western Conference. It seems like LeBron and AD are banged up, and they won't be back anytime soon. So that yeah, uh, team is now on the weight. I mean, on the shoulders of at, Russell at this point. What is there? Six games left. Yep. So it's 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 not looking good, especially if LeBron and them are not going to be back. They might they lose look- out. Well, exactly. They could easily lose out, and then I mean, you may as well just pack it in if you're LeBron. Hundred percent. You're not winning. Point. You're not winning the championship this year. You're that's not exactly clear cut. So I mean, that's tough for the Lakers. This is a team that. But what are you going to do with Russell Westbrook in the offseason? I mean, their payroll is through the roof. They, I know that they're going to have to get rid of some players because, like Malik Monk, for example, he was a guy who came in from Charlotte. Uh, he's been kind of a bright spot in uh, in L.A., but they won't be able to re-sign him now. With uh, So they're going to have to get rid of Russell Westbrook. Yeah. He just hasn't fit. I mean, I feel like that's pretty much inevitable, Yeah, the way it's gone. I mean, he's been pretty vocal about wanting to leave kind of, too. I mean, it seems like everywhere, but... Yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens there, yeah. man. It's hard to say, but it's just and it's it's just like where do you where does he go from here? Well, it's just it's like a small Toronto, market, like a Sacramento or a yeah. or a back to OKC, just a small market where he can do his thing. Yeah, you know, put up thirty bricks a game, shoot 
12 for 40 from the field, put up a triple-double. and I can almost call it now you're going to see the Toronto come summer. You're oh, going to see the Toronto uh, 100%. Westbrook's coming. 100%. And, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's just but. such a fascinating case study when you've got LeBron James, who, by the way, had such a tremendous season for 37, 38, 36, yep. however old he is. I mean, what a great year he had. And um, But a lot of that, a lot of the credit of his season, a lot of the – um, you know, accolades that he's received are kind of overshadowed by the lack of success that the Los yeah. Angeles Lakers have experienced. But Nate, the MVP race is, seems to be a two-horse two race right now. Nikolai Jokic from Denver and Joel Embiid from Philadelphia. I'm really unsure of where the voters are going to go on this. I, that's something I find troublesome as well, Nate, is is to kind of put yourself in the seat and the mind of a voter. Like, But the voting system, I feel like, is so, like, Broken, K- kind of broken. Yeah, but I, I'm not really like I just don't know how the beat like the it's mostly beat writers, right? They get a lot of votes. Typically, yeah. So it's like you know I I just always think back to when John Marino on the Penguins got like a bunch of votes for like the Norris, yeah, and it was all from a Penguins guy. Calder, Calder, yeah, it could have been the, it yeah. could have been both. Honestly, yeah. he was pretty high on the guy, but yeah. And then I mean that guy's completely fallen off. Yeah. So it's like I, anyway, it'll be interesting to see. I think Joel Embiid's gonna get it. I just, Jokic got it last year, but I guess, like, I mean, I think about Denver and they're not that deep. I mean, you've had Jamal Murray miss the entire year. You've had Michael Porter Jr. banged up most of the season. I mean, Nikola Jokic is just a walking triple-double. He's just so gifted offensively and, and defensively. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I think it's the two big men going head-to-head here for the MVP, so so we'll see who ends up getting it. I have a quick question for you, too. So I'm just yep. looking at the, I pulled the standings up when I was looking at them earlier, and I was just like, Golden State's kind of, they haven't clinched yet, but they're, like, pretty much... Obviously, they're going to make it. Yep. So they're sitting in four. Yep. So obviously, they play the five seed. Um, so I'm just looking like Denver or Utah. Which one would you prefer? Because, I mean, that's not like a walk of a first rounder for them. No, it's not. Know? I'd probably rather Utah, to be honest, just because Jokic is a mismatch. Like, you don't have James yeah. Wiseman. You don't really have a big man on Golden State who can handle that animal. Uh, obviously, Rudy Gobert is similar. You can dominate in the paint. but Invents COVID, too. Yeah, that's right. So, um, but uh, yeah, Steph Curry's injured right now. He's dealing with some, I think, a foot injury, and Clay Thompson doesn't look that good. Andrew Wiggins went from a starting All Star to absolutely falling off the map. So Golden State's interesting. Like we'll see what happens with them. But I mean, the more and more I look at the Western Conference, and I think it's going to be Phoenix. That's the team to beat. Yeah, I mean, it's looking pretty good. Still hoping for that Suns Nets matchup. Yeah, that'd be electric. So we got six games remaining, like Need said. So I mean, the playoffs are going to be rounding in a form. Next time, about uh, just over a week away, when we return to studio. Uh, we'll be talking basketball. And then on uh, April 18th, we've got uh, Scoop B. Robinson coming on. Brandon Scoop B. Talk NBA playoffs, kind of recap the season. And uh, and we'll chat basketball with Scoop B. But that's going to conclude quarter one NBA talk. We're moving into quarter two, and we're talking NHL, Nate. Yeah. So, obviously, some sad news. Um, you know, our you know our thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Eugene Melnick, owner of the Ottawa Senators, who passed away this week. Kind of shocking news mm. um, for me, Nate. I obviously, I didn't... Understand. I was not aware either. I didn't know that didn't uh, know. Eugene Melnick was dealing with uh, with some health health issues. I was listening to Elliot Friedman uh, this week talk that a lot of the owners and a lot of the NHL knew for uh, two three weeks now that, that okay. he was um, he was not in good shape, and um, they did a, did a good job of kind of keeping that on the down low. But uh, but obviously, kind of a polarizing figure. He hasn't been in the media Nate, since like 2018, 2017. Yeah, he was uh, he was a guy who spoke his mind, and and uh, I think it was twenty years ago to today that um, the Ottawa Senators were facing bankruptcy. And, and he ended up buying the team and um obviously he's he's just 
there's definitely obviously such sad news, but uh, he's going to go down as a. There's going to be some mixed reviews for sure on on how he handled his ownership in Ottawa. Nate. For sure, for sure. I mean, he brought the team back there too, which is nice. I mean, they had that Ottawa team in like the what the ni- early 1900s Senators, and then they were gone forever. But yeah, I mean, obviously thoughts and prayers to the guy. Um, it's a shame. Yeah, no, absolutely. But uh, I suck at talking about that stuff. Yeah, no, so absolutely. bad. Like I just don't want to. So. Yeah, no. I mean, obviously, his two daughters now. Um, you know, they're grieving, and and they'll decide. I think that uh, the team is now in their hands. So we'll see what happens. But uh, but Pierre Doran, he's got he's a guy that's got his hands full this offseason. I mean, we look at Ottawa and, and the current state of Ottawa. I mean, you've got. A lot of great pieces. I mean, you got Drake Batherson, you got Brady Kachuk, uh, Josh Norris, Timmy Stutzla. Um, Stutzla's really coming alive. Alex too. Formanton has looked uh, good, at, you know, very good at points this season. So you got Shane Pinto. Obviously, he's missed the majority of the season, but he's going to be back in the mix. Uh, you got a lot of young prospects too that should be poised to get in the lineup uh, next year. So, Nate, what do you think moving forward? I mean, the Atlantic Division it doesn't seem like it's going to be getting any weaker. But what are the Senators got to do this offseason? Yeah, it's a good question. I feel like for the most part, it's like they kind of got to kill this like kind of the dead weight. If that makes any sense, you know, what I mean, they bring in a lot of guys that are just like kind of waiver dudes that they bring in and they kind of play them a lot. Yep. So, I mean, I don't know. Jake Sanderson's going to be coming in. Phenomenal. That's going to be huge. Yep. Um, I you mean, hope, that, that decor is. You hope Bernard Docker takes a, a nice yep. step next year. Yeah, exactly. Hamannick's going to be in the mix. That's he right. He seems like a, a decent five, six guy to have. Yep, for sure. You know, um, I think Nick Holden signed for another year. So maybe a Holden Hamannick as your bottom pair. And then you've got Sanderson, Shabbat, Zub. Bernard Docker and then someone else, but Brandstrom. yeah, Brandstrom. Uh, Brandstrom. Brandstrom as well. So yeah. there's your six. I mean, they got yeah. It's I mean that's not going to work out in the future. They're obviously going to have to lose a few guys just for salary purposes. But even when you look at their forwards, like maybe you grab a center, like a solid, solid centerman. Yeah, I think so. Um, Top six centerman. Yeah, I yeah. would think like even if you can somehow get a number one, like Claude Giroux. Yeah. Like I mean, he's obviously a little like I don't know if it would make sense. Just with the age, mm-hmm. you know, he's yeah. like, what, like 32, 33? Might be older than that, honestly. Yeah, for sure. But. I mean, it's amazing when you watch that top line play. I mean, Drake is just such an amazing setup, man. Brady does so much great things down low. He's just such a pure power forward. Yep. Josh Norris has got a great shot. He can put the... So that could be a stable first line moving forward. And for then sure. and then you got Timmy Stutzel, obviously. He's been playing at the center position as well. Um, with Alex before Alex Foreman to Connor Brown. I mean, that seems like a decent top six. You did, I think he did a, a bit more top end talent. I right? do too. I think yep. he, if you could put Connor da- Brown down on the third line, yep. like he'd be... One, he's got to be one of the best third liners in the league. Yep, 100%. He, he just brings it. I mean, he's a 20-goal guy. Yep. You don't get that from a third liner very often. So No, for sure. Um, Nate, over into the Western Conference, the Minnesota Wild, they've won seven straight games. They've been on an absolute heater. This is a team that could be a dark horse team. I mean, we talked about it with Pete Blackburn. They've got, got that sandpaper brand of hockey uh, that's tough to play against. Uh, they can certainly you know transfer that game into the playoffs and look pretty good. Their center depth is something that's worrying me, Nate. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what we were talking about the other day was what? It's Eric Sinek, Ryan Hartman, and Freddie Gaudreau. Freddie Gaudreau. Yeah. So I mean, like Hartman and Gaudreau would be great three four. But, but those are one two. Yeah, that yeah. which which kind of blows my mind why Eric Sinek's not one on the third line. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what the what the. I mean, I don't catch a whole lot of Minnesota games, so I couldn't really tell you if there's like a chemistry thing going there. And I just like at this time of year too, with the season winding down, I always take a look and just see like say Minnesota gets in, they're second in the Central right now. They end up against St. Louis. Like, who are you taking in that series, dark horse or not? 
It's going to be a battle for sure. I mean, I'll lean St. Louis, but I mean, uh, it's going to be a good series. Yeah, I think it would be good. I just think St. Louis would come out on top um, every time. Who's the Who's got the best save percentage uh, and goals against average when a game is tied in the NHL this season? This season? Yeah. Oh, when a game is tied. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be one of the two teams we're talking about currently. Yeah. Give me Huso. No, Marc-Andre Fleury. Okay. Yeah. 50-50 and so, I blew it. So Marc-Andre Fleury. And the reason I bring up that stat, Nate, is because we think about playoff hockey, it's typically pretty close. Yes. I mean, those zeros, when the game is 0-0, the game's 3-3, the best goaltender in the NHL this season has been Marc-Andre Fleury. I think that just gives them, that bolsters their, their goaltending a lot. You know, I, I do think that uh, they've well, got a nice brand of hockey. That would be a bloodbath of a series. It would be, for sure. And I mean, obviously, Fleury's a hell of an upgrade over Talbot and home ice too. I mean, let's not it's forget a zoo. Minnesota is a hockey town. Like yes. these people love their hockey. And if they get home ice advantage over the St. Louis blues. Yeah, absolutely. And St. Louis blues. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, it's man. like when we were talking to Pete, I was like something about St. Louis just doesn't really like stick out to me. Yeah. So it'd be a cool series. I mean, I, I think either one gets pumped by Colorado in the next one, but for sure. I mean, you want around. See what um, happens. Nate, there was a few fights this week. Uh, Nathan McKinnon um, and, and Matt Dambafod. And McKinnon's dealing with an upper body injury from Tom Wilson. And uh, and, and, and Brent, was it Brendan Smith on, um, yeah. on on Carolina? They were beaking back and forth. But uh, what is your stance on, on fights in hockey? We haven't really talked about it. Do you like it in the game? Do you, do you, you know, I know as a player when I was playing, it definitely gives you a boost like i don't care who you are like there's when there's a fight on the ice it does something to the bench especially if your guy wins it does give you a boost i think it will always be in the game just due to the fact of of, of how competitive hockey is and and just the way it's played but uh but what are your stance what's your stance on fighting nate yeah i mean I, I feel like it would be hard to remove yeah you know it's it's a exactly. tough thing to just be like one day it's like well we're not fighting anymore it's like well man there's i mean you get a scrum after what every one in three whistles yeah like obviously that that number is nowhere near accurate but i mean even if you have a scrum like sometimes stuff happens too where you just kind of got to do it oh man you know 100%. somebody gets drilled there's a greasy the like there's, gets run? there's too much contact in the sport yep for you to not be able to or else it's just going to end up if you can't don't have that outlet to fight it's just going to turn into you know some greasy slashes some dirtier hits you know so it's but even if they took fighting away, like you're not allowed to fight, there's still going to be fights. They'll take the suspensions because it's just, like you said, it's just that's just the way the game's played. And there's things that happen that that weren't a fight. Exactly. Um, but uh, let's think back into history. Do you have some fights that stand out to you that you're like, those are my favorite fights of all time? Oh, man. Yeah, they're all bench ones. Just bench brawls. I remember watching uh, Buffalo and Ottawa. They had this ridiculous rivalry in like 06 and 07 because they had, they played a couple times in the playoffs. They had an entire bench brawl. You had Emery going at the um, Pete Peters. You had the whole bench going. Like uh, Buffalo sent out the fourth line. I can't remember some of the guys then, but they were some absolute heavyweights. And then, of course, actually, I think it was just the 20-year anniversary, maybe 25-year anniversary of uh, the Detroit-Colorado bloodbath. Okay. Remember that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy smokes, blood all over the ice. Who was it, it was a couple years ago? Wild. Right off the puck drop. Full line brawl. I think it was. Uh, it was the Washington Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that's when Tom Wilson ra was ragdolling. That was just last <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ragdolling Panarin, and then they were all going nuts. And yeah. Then yeah. It was yeah. Just, remember the uh, the entire boxes were filled, and then we I think we put a post on our Instagram actually of the yeah. box score. It was like yeah. a second in. It was just For like sure. this guy, this guy. That was a wild one. Two. My two favorite fights are PJ Stock, and he was fighting a guy on Washington. Is that the straight haymaker show? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Just trading haymakers, yeah, and then just... Chara versus McCabe. Charver, I haven't seen that one. I don't oh, think. it's a rag dolling. Like, there's not oh, even too many no great kidding. punches, but he's swinging him around like an absolute rag doll. 
Oh, um, but we think about the like the, who who are, like the top end fighters in the league right now. Obviously Ryan Reeves and Tom w- Wilson. Wilson. I would think Zach McEwen. He's been fighting yeah, McDerm- McDermott on uh, on Colorado. Uh, I thought you were gonna say McDermott on uh, Toronto. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he goes. Yeah, no, he's Justin been Hall. Now. He's been Hubert now. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Um, gosh. Justin Hall. He's a. He's yeah. a he's <laughs> There's a long list of leaves we can put here. Justin Hall, um, man. Every night I, I'm not going to completely rinse the guy, but like every night I watch and I'm just like, dude, just hammer a dude. You're yeah, huge. I know. Nick Delorier for I yes, think he's, that he's guy like, can throw. Yeah, he throws. Um, he can throw. There's but they're still in the game, man. There's still you'll find a guy on a team who uh, who doesn't mind going Milan Lucic. Well, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Lucic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is too about like Wilson. It's like he's never not going to fight. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who scores. I mean, he's got 21 goals this year. Yeah. You know, he's gonna he's gonna be swinging. So. He's a new age fighter. Like can play the game at a really high level. Can put up points. Can play in your top six, but also is not afraid to say how are you. Which is a. Uh, I mean, that's a rare breed for sure. That's sure. what I, you know, that just brings up something too. There was somebody who was talking about, it was, it was Marshan uh, after, and we'll get into that Boston thing that happened too, but it was the something Marshan did. And then someone online, they were saying like, I, this is one guy I would never want on my team ever. And it's like, dude, that is such a, like a the top five left in the league garbage statement I've ever heard in my life. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, yeah, he's unreal. And it's like, People say that about players too, and it's like as soon as you got him, you would be so over the moon, dude. It's just like Tom Wilson. Like if yeah. I pictured Tom Wilson in Toronto, but I think a lot of the people are casual fans. Like a lot of the time when they hear about Wilson or they hear about Marshawn, it's, it's the it's the negative. two games, it's the two situations in the eighty-two game season where they've done something greasy or they've done something that's a little over the top and it gets suspended. And it's like, these guys are such grease balls. It's like, well, did you watch the other 78 games where yeah. they were absolutely lighting the lamp and putting in shift after shift of just unbelievable hockey? Exactly. I, I, and like I was just saying before that, like I try to picture Tom Wilson playing in Toronto. Like this guy would yeah. be literally, they'd probably put a statue up. Like think of how... Dude, this is a guy that th- we were saying should have been on Team Canada. I know, 100%. Yeah. But like think of like Ty Domi. Like this guy is yeah. an absolute legend. All he did was scrap. They need a guy like that, man. They need a guy like a Wendell Clark or a Tidomi. They or, need something, or you know, just just a guy who's got some grip. But but oh, yeah, Nate, we'll bring up uh, Taylor Hall. I mean, the Leafs fans were screaming for a suspension. They the the Leafs bring in this big tough Ilya um, Labushkin, Labushkin, and uh, and Taylor Hall swipes at him with his hand open. Everyone's comparing it to the Tauber Tuesday, which is the most obscene comparison. It is outrageous that people think that there was any comparison. He swiped him with his hand, which, okay, Bertuzzi might have done, but Bertuzzi drove Steve Moore's neck into the ice and broke his neck. But yeah. Labushkin lays on the ice, gets leaves the game, is out long-term. I couldn't believe it, but... I think it was more the dog pile that that busted up. Like, Steve, that was the okay. that was the worst thing on Steve yeah. Moore. But, I mean, still, I mean, the punches are... Yeah, they're not even close to comparison. I mean, maybe the style of how Hall went at him, but, like, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of contact. I honestly thought, if anything, like... Labushkin could have got something like I know Taylor Hall kind of turned but like he kind of threw him into the boards from behind yep so it's like I, I don't know man it was just I knew it was going to be a lose-lose because it was going to be Boston versus Toronto fans and it was going to be an absolute meltdown it was one of those hits that we talk about that kind of warrants it's like I didn't like that he's one of our better players it's like well you're probably gonna have to answer to that and Labushkin lays on the ice and leaves the game because <laughs> yeah. he didn't want to answer the bell yeah All right, that's it, man. We're moving on to the halftime show, episode 28, season two of the Under Mission podcast. So what we're doing here today is we're going to do what jersey number do they wear? Yeah, we're bringing it back. This is going to be a bloodbath. This is going to be, how greasy did you get with mine? Not not greasy at all. Okay, awesome. How, how greasy did you get with not mine? Not greasy at all. I've, I've, I'm real fair effort here. But as we talked I about the last time. I think you're going to go three for three to start off mine, to be honest. Okay. I think you could as well. All right, Nate. Yeah. Charlie McAvoy. 
73. Bang. Uh, Chris Letang. 58. Okay, we are hot, folks. We're hot. Michael Bunting. Michael Bunting's 58. Boom. Uh, Alfonso Davies. Kind of tough. Kind of tough. I don't. On Canada. On team nine? Close, 19. Okay. Yeah, you had the nine. Uh, Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins. Um, Jeez. Uh, 22? 24. <laughs> Dust. Uh, Danny Green. Ooh, Danny Green. It's kind of like one of those like mid-rangers where you're like, I definitely well, know it. Just it bounces around so much. It's 20-something, I think. It's 20. Um, uh, give me 23. 14. Okay. That is, yeah, it is a, it's a uh, bouncer. Uh, Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is uh, 23? 22. Dude, I... Never mind. I'm not going to say what I said the last time. Rudy Gay. Gosh. Um, Rudy Gay. Give me... Um, Single digits. I'll give you that. Oh, gee. Give me eight. Bang. <laughs> How are you? Derek Rose. Single De- digits. Derek Rose. Single digits. Um, I want to say two. Four. Jeez. Pine Tar Chapman. Uh, 29. 54. <laughs> Robinson Cano. Oh, Robinson Cano, a little bit of a throwback. He's in the 20s. Yep. I think he's 20. No, that was Posada. Is he not in the 20s? 24, he is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, hold on. I just moved the screen. Jacob deGrom. The pitchers are tough. You don't oh, see the number that often, man. I'm going 25. Uh, 48. Oh, uh, Mookie Betts. Oh, Mookie. 54? Um, 50. Oh. Um. Matt Chapman. Is he 22? Oh, 26. Ugh. You knew it, though. Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard. He's 54. 34. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, I'm just going 54 the rest of the way out. Uh, Paul George. 13. Yep. Nice. Uh, Derek Henry. Derek Henry. Man, you know what's crazy? I want to say 58, but I don't think that's right, or is it? No. <laughs> 22. <laughs> Oh, shoot. Kevin Lankinen. Is he a goaltender? Yeah, for Chicago. Give me th- give me 31. Oh, 32. But hey, that's oh a hell, hell of a default guess on a goalie. TJ Watt. <laughs> TJ Watt is... Uh, oh, it's ne- he's not 99. No, uh, that's, uh, that's that's JJ. Yeah. Uh, TJ is... Uh, is he 66? No, 90. You were close. <sighs> Is that it? No, Cam Fowler, last one. Cam Fowler, Cam Fowler, Cam Fowler. Is he 24? Four. Mother. <laughs> <laughs> Quick cut off for the TikTokers. Yeah. Mother. Fu- <laughs> <laughs> Holy. F- yeah. All right. Well, uh, in all my years. I'm- that's uh, so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. And the funny thing is we were talking about a pre-episode too, just as uh, before we end the halftime show. When you watch a game, you know exactly who the player is when you're watching it. Mm-hmm. And you could probably almost identify them by number. But when you're on the spot, it's a little bit challenging. But, I mean, let us know, I guess, uh, in the comments if you uh, if you beat us. I have. Yeah, I mean, there's a good chance. I feel like it would be easier not on the spot too when you're like kind of watching. Yeah. I feel like I'm so much more dialed in when I watch stuff yeah. and I'm guessing along with it. But. For sure. All right, Nate, we're moving into quarter three, episode 28 of season two of the Animation Podcast. We're talking MLB and we're starting with the Blue Jays. Yes, we who are. Have absolutely juiced up and look like a fire wagon this year. But yep. their pitching coach, he's a he's a well-renowned pitching coach, Pete Walker, arrested for a DUI this week. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, certainly could have been a contender for the dog water of the week. I guess he had four beers. He came out to the to the media and said, "I have four beers," and okay, thought I could go, but probably not. Not what a good you idea. Want to say you probably even if you had four. Well, you know what? Now that I'm thinking that. So I was going to say, if you had four, you probably just say, you know, I had two. Yeah. <laughs> he probably had eight. Yeah. <laughs> probably put it down to four For is sure. my guess. Obviously, it's not a laughing matter. Obviously, no, no, you know, we no don't, not at all. We don't, uh, you know, obviously, you know, there's we don't support anything. I, I genuinely it, think that's one of the worst things you can do. 100%. It's just so dumb because and so unnecessary. Because there's so many options there's for There's so you. many options, especially in Toronto, man. You've got Uber. you got yeah. Lyft. you got just yeah. a straight-up cab that's sure, guaranteed sure. waiting outside anywhere Would have been in Dunedin, in Florida. But yeah, you're, you know, the same thing. That's right. Yeah, it is yeah, Grapefruit League. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even more options. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no so, excuse here. No, there's not at all. But yeah, I mean, you're right, man. It's just such an obscene thing to do. It's just... It's, there's no excuse. There's zero excuse for it, and and you see it all the time. And and uh, and obviously Pete Walker, smart in your act up. And, but there's been no uh, penalties from the team. He's a heck of a coach. He's done wonders with a lot of the young pitchers in the Blue Jays. But um, but anyway, staying in the Toronto Blue Jays realm, Nate, they uh, they announced the uh, twenty a two hundred million dollar renovation to the uh, to the Rogers Center. Yeah. What would you do to that place? Oh, man, it's tough. I definitely like you'd want to just kind of modernize it a bit yeah i feel like yeah uh, i haven't been there in oh man a while yeah but, it was 2019 uh, and yeah you, i mean it's that just, roof is a joke oh, looks, as we talked about on the it's such a great location though it is it it's is a great that's the thing that's the thing about the toronto sports stadiums man even bemo yeah what a spot oh, yeah. you know like but um yeah man i don't know like i feel like with 200 million at least on the surface level you could do a fair bit to make that place at least look a little better. For sure, for sure. I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, to me, that outfield just looks dust. Like, if you get some seating down lower, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The lower dust. bowl, I don't know. Well, like you were like talking a, about the other day, it's like a rock field in the, as soon as it gets past the infield. It's turf. Yeah, like, that's crazy. Like, turf was such a great innovation, I think, but grass is so much more friendly and so much more natural to play on. Like, I'm such an advocate for grass fields and, like, there's so much more give and, in today's day and age, with the amount of employees you have in professional sports stadiums, like get rid of the turf. I for sure. And you know what's another thing I would do if I was like if I worked grounds crew there, I'd be pushing so hard on just something. Be like, can we get something for like an auto tarp? Because you yeah. ever see those guys yeah. just get out there <laughs> grinding, man? When it comes to like, it's, it's time to get the tarp oh down. Like they're just like hawking oh, oh, yeah. in the. It's like. What are we putting the tarp down for? We literally have a roof that takes 14 <laughs> minutes to close. It's like, I mean, honestly, hats off to them. In like a matter of like a few minutes, they got that thing, the field covered, but it is, you're right. There's like 30 people absolutely hustling. I, I would be, I got to watch a compilation of people wiping out and absolutely eating it. And like, we also got to reach out to the MLB at some point And yep. when we're at a game and we got to get on the field for one of those seventh inning stretch, like races. Yeah. Like I, yeah. Need, I want, that's like a bucket list for me, man. For I got to sure. get on there and, and going and against freeze or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. They are. For sure. I saw another, another quick thing too. I saw a lot of posts going around about like, they want to bring back some blue jays jerseys from the past like they had okay. the black one oh, and then they had ooh. i you which, know how which, we feel about the black jerseys here in the dealer division for sure and you know what like i remember thinking like when when that thing was at its end i was like that thing is absolutely dust but Do then you know it comes to mind vernon wells yeah vernon <laughs> wells yeah and uh, carlos delgado carlos delgado roy holiday roy holiday uh, gosh those are some throwback names yeah, man that was uh those were some tough squads Oh they were God. they were battling every year, man. It was. Like, I remember just tuning in for some Aaron games. Hill, like a Aaron Hill, Aaron Hill. Oh man, I remember just like 
back then it was like the, when the NLL was on big time, I used to crush a ton of Toronto rock games. Yep. And I'd be like, I'm probably watching the rock game yeah. over the uh, yeah. Jays. Cause they were just so Doyle. abysmal. Doyle. Yeah. Chris Doyle, yeah. 54 bingos. How are you? <laughs> um, but, uh, but Nate, the MLB umps announced this week that, uh, they want pitchers to be checked more for the sticky stuff. I guess they're not appreciating the, uh, the amount of sticky stuff that's being checked for early on. I was going to say, I don't know what they, especially with all the urgency to like speed the game up. Yes. They want to check more. Like last year was an absolute clown act. You had Max Scherzer pulling his pants down, going off the field. You yeah. had everybody. Like, oh, it seemed like it was almost the year two. I mean, just with like the kind of the scare of it, maybe they're just trying to get that into pitchers heads yeah. for the season coming up. But it's like, didn't even seem like that many people were using it last year. No. Besides Pine Tar Chap. I, he's a staple. He has He's the guy you got to check time. out every you game, do. every you, inning. You know what's funny about him? We started that up. Yeah. I don't even know if he's ever even been caught. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think he has. <laughs> I don't think he has. But I mean, with that much heat, you have to think. Well, dude, he yeah. absolutely. That was another thing too. Watching the tail end of last year in the Yankees, like that big AL East push, was that guy just has a had no control over the ball <laughs> at the end of the year. It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. He is just chucking to chuck. Um, but I mean, it's so annoying. Like you said, seventeen minutes of of action in an MLB game. Yeah. 17 minutes yeah that's right remember yeah. when we po- we posted that it's like a fact thing or yep. and everybody's yep. like no it's not yeah i was like well it's play well i just read it on wikipedia buddy yeah <laughs> it's like so if you think you can edit wikipedia then <laughs> yeah. you tell me something i don't already know bud oh man it's, uh they moving down into the los angeles dodgers territory obviously they're gonna be absolute wagon but dave roberts their manager came in on a talk show this week in los angeles and said we are winning the 2022 2023 world series lock it in yeah, I mean, that's uh, get the tattoo and we'll chat, buddy. Yeah, that's what I want to see. He guaranteed it. Yeah, I mean, what you, do you think about that? People guaranteeing things. So it's like kind of like a weird thing for me because it's like, you know, it seems to get thrown out fairly often. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, and you think back to some of the ones that people have, you know, they say it and it happens like yeah. Mark Messier legendary call oh but you've got people who say it all the time and like you don't really think anything of it you know oh for sure and then it's like so if it doesn't happen it's going to be all there is is there's going to be a meme for like when they get eliminated yeah for sure and that's about all it is i mean why not throw it out it looks sick if you call it we're doing a top five tattoos of all time too soon yeah for sure people like lighting up the tattoos and then them just not coming through with it well you see some crazy ones too man it's like new york jets like 2022 super bowl have you seen your quarterback zach wilson yeah it's like yeah exactly he's dust like i could i'm better than him (laughs) straight up better than zach wilson oh man uh, but we got opening day at the end of next week, Nate. Yep. MLB. I mean, you think about the end of next week. I mean, we're going to be in the home stretch for the NBA and NHL. We got. We're going to move into quarter four because I I can't not talk about it. Uh, I was just going to do a quick uh, okay, when, when ahead, you were then. saying about opening day. Um, yeah. Did you see the? Um, I, I caught a little bit of the Grapefruit League last night. Okay, that was the Jays and the Yanks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first off, Josh Donaldson's out there looking like he's playing with a blindfold on. Did, did you see him gunned out at second? Well, not even gun. Yeah, like he was like jogging. It, it was he, it was so weird. He man. jogged the first, and then like you know when they make the turn at first, obviously you're going to pick up a gear. Yeah. He didn't turn it no. on, I, dude. He was like, and then the slide in there was like. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, two feet short. Like, dude, the bases are bigger now, you know. Yeah, yeah. You can lay out, but um, it was interesting what the Jays did. What was it? Were you and um, who's the other big guy, big pitcher? Um, Noah Barrios, uh, Gosman. Oh yeah, they yeah they played an interesting game. Kevin Gosman. Yes, yes. So they they sat um, they sat the two of them. They're like so the Yankees. And then I was watching the highlights today uh, this morning. They're like so the prying eyes of the Yankees, and I was like. What I was like, you you they're gonna be able to see exactly like. Uh, but oh, yeah, they'll have all their league. notes in them. But yeah, you're right. So they they 
they had their own inner squad game with Ryu and Gosman and started. I forget who. I man, I am so like. There's so many pitchers. I, like, I can't even like, let alone guess the number. Yeah. Um, but anyway, opening day next week. Yeah. Let's um, get going. We're moving to PJ Tour NCAA basketball. Yep. I I just I'm beside myself. Tiger Woods has flown into Augusta, Georgia, and he's playing the Masters course this week. He's playing Augusta National and. He hasn't made a decision yet. The decision will come out later on this week. But if Tiger Woods plays the Masters, I was talking about it to you, Nate. I mean, there's just nothing like it. Yeah, I mean, the, the hype's already built, and he hasn't even confirmed. Yep. It's kind of messed up. It's. I kind of feel for some guys. You it's, know, it's like... It's just the reality of golf. And, and I mean, it's, it's something that hasn't been replicated in any sport ever. I mean, as soon as Tiger Woods mentions he's going to play in a tournament you've got to times everything by f- three concessions yep. you've got to times uh like the venue you've camera crews and the cameras never leave him you never miss a tiger hole yep it's it's so exciting it's so good for the game of golf and you have to cherish all of these moments because you have to think i mean his career is winding down with all the injuries but man he made this is going to be if, if he could come back and win this tournament oh, dude. after everything he's been through I mean, it almost wouldn't surprise you, no. you know, like he comes in and just like, what he hasn't played. When's the, like, when's the last legitimate tournament? I think it's been not- 17 months. Yeah, man. I think that's going to be pretty tough. He hasn't hit a tournament shot in 17 yeah, months. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, you think we talk about it all the time. There's so much top tier talent right now, but that guy, man, he just, he's a different animal on the golf course the galleries too it's so obnoxious man like when you're playing with tiger woods like good luck because the galleries are so for tiger and it's like 75 percent of the golf course is following tiger and the crowd's moving around it's just it's outrageous but i mean with the masters next week i should say this week's the valero texas open you got rory dechambeau speed you got some big names playing gearing up for uh, for next week's um uh, masters but i mean it's all masters nate it's going to be so exciting it's going to be sick i'm very very pumped um i'm trying to pull up the like i'm looking here i can't find mcelroy even okay here we go yeah okay he's even yeah okay yeah how we doing yeah um you know he'll probably be looking to make the cut yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My other bet in Finau is also even. Okay. And Bryson. Minus? Uh, he's one over. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's still get he's still shaking the rust off. He chipped in the bunker earlier too, right? We do need to talk about did he? I thought. Okay. Maybe it could have been an old clip. I, yeah. I I I I can't keep track. We gotta talk about Scotty Shuffler because this guy was on the Corn Ferry tour in twenty nineteen. In the last five weeks he's won three events. The Waste Management Open, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and the World Golf Championship Match Play. Three huge events. He's now the number one ranked player in the world. Crazy. I Like, what? I know. Scotty Scheffler out of nowhere, yeah, man. It is. It, I was getting emotional, man. I was crying watching his wife run out, and his dad hugged him and said, like, I'm so proud of you, of the man you are, and, and you know, you're great at golf and everything, but I'm proud of the man you are. And he was just full out in tears. This guy rocks Tiger Woods logos on his shoes, Tiger Woods logos on his irons. The like, he's beauty. a full-on Tiger guy and, the like, beauty. such a weapon, man. And and uh, he's a guy, man. You know, I'll be putting a little bit of, I'll be sprinkling the outright. Do you want to take a 12-pack each at the Masters? What? 12-pack uh, of, of bets? Oh, yeah, I'm up for anything. Okay. You gamble like an absolute degenerate. Are we thinking 12 I'll each? I'll do a two-four. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, we might be going 24 uh, golfers each. That could be tough. I, I've definitely been going sl- in the Millie Maker. Oh, my goodness, yeah, 100%. I can tell you my lineup. Okay. Cam Smith. Okay. Sung Jae-in. <laughs> no, yeah. I'd have to take a good look at that. That's going to be sure. tough. 
Oh yeah, because you got to go ownership. Oh man, yeah, but, the ownership would be. Um, no, it's I, okay. Well, listen, we're beside ourselves. The next episode we record, it's we're actually we're probably gonna have to wait for uh, a Tuesday episode because we're gonna want to talk about the Masters. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. almost like some Super Bowl vibe. Yeah, exactly. you got to hold it off. Yeah, yeah, you can't be. We we can't be recording during the final round no, of the Masters. No. Like a couple of absolute barbarians. No dude. shot. Like holy smokes. Yeah, it's gonna be you know through the roof. All right, Nate, we're gonna move into the NCAA to finish off quarter four here. Yep. Uh, we got Duke UNC, the Battle of North Carolina. I mean, what a rivalry for Coach K's final run. And then we got Villanova and Kansas. Yep, Villanova and Kansas. And you got Villanova. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the uh, top eleven percent of brackets. Uh, two teams still in the final four. I just am confirming. Is that any good? It's pretty decent. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of wish to, I was going to like, do you remember we were talking beforehand? I was going to, I was going to make Duke take a run. Yeah. And I kind of folded up on him at Michigan state and I had him yeah. out early and I, I kind of wish I just stuck with my gut and I kind of wish I listened to some of the people in our TikTok live as well. Yeah, They, they were, were really Duke. pushing on UNC. They were, you know, they had Duke going too. And yeah. I, I wish I would have followed along. I, I, I'm too big on the damn Boilermakers. Yeah, Purdue. I know. Damn for sure. Boilermakers. <laughs> Well, I apologize about that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's no worries. Uh, um, I should turn my phone off. That was loud. It was loud. Uh, but, uh, but Nate, that'll conclude quarter four. We're excited, obviously, I should say, uh, about the final four. And uh, I think I'm excited for the UNT Duke game. Uh, you saw Eric Church cancel the concert. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but, I um, respect it. Sold out concert. He says, nah. Yeah. Nah, I'm good. Um, but, uh, but that'll conclude... Quarter four of episode 28, season two of the Dinner Mission. Nate, let's fire into the fire wagon and dog water of the week. Start us off. All right, man. My fire wagon of the week goes to a man of Tiger Woods. And I know he hasn't announced that he's playing yet, but just the fact that he's there trying to play means that we're going to have a summer full of Tiger Woods. Maybe not full, but I would think he's going to play five, six events. Yep. Tiger Woods is back. That guy, the three-legged monster, is going to be back in the mix. Tiger Woods, my fire wagon of the week. I'm going to go with Scotty Scheffler. Oh. I mean, I think that's kind of fair. For I mean, sure. As you kind of broke the entire thing down less than 35 seconds ago. Yep. But, I mean, this guy's got three wins in his last five. Yep. Number one in the world. How long was John Rahm? Number one? Number one. Gosh, good question. Uh, he took it over from Justin Thomas. I would say over a year. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, it seemed like it was a good good yeah. rim run. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, that's a big milestone, it's obviously. Crazy. It's like, crazy, Nate, how the golfers kind of, like, we like for a long time, their John Rahm was unstoppable. Like, he was, yep. and then he's kind of fallen off, and now it's Scotty Scheffler. And yep. they just take turns, like, you dominating. Love, you love the parody. Yes, right 100%, 100%. I mean, it's, it's definitely a lot better for the sport than, like, obviously when Tiger was just dominating. It was <laughs> absolutely sick. But it's just like, you know, every week. Like, imagine doing... Uh, like daily fantasy back then. Oh man. It's like what Tiger Woods must have came in at 14-5, 99% owned and you had to take him. He went he went 7 years of not missing a cut. Man, the odds would have been just there must have been someone too, like some big Tiger hater. Yeah. That must have bet He's for 7 years for yeah. him to miss. Oh yeah. I would I just wouldn't have bet it. slamming all the time. Anyway. Yeah. Um Dogwater of the week goes to Chris Chris Rock and Will Smith. I'm not sure, you know, the uh, the intent behind the whole fiasco that went down, but both of those guys be better, be smarter. You know, that's a national stage that's being viewed by a ton of people. Obviously, you create a lot of noise, but be better. You know, Chris, you know, be uh, be more cognizant of the jokes and the timing of those. And Will Smith, dude, calm down. Yeah, uh, I, I like that. I mean, that's a pretty pretty good dogwater of the week for sure. <laughs> Uh, I'm going, I'm, I'm sticking with golf here. Okay. I'm going Bryson DeChambeau <laughs> and Richard fits in well. I know you're listening and he's going to, he's going to enjoy this. I think, Yep. um, you know, I'm just, 
it's nothing against the guy. I know he's kind of battling some injuries right now, but it just like the way he presents them just seems like such an excuse, man. Yeah. Every single time. And it's like the interviews, he's like, you know, like this is not going on. And it's just like, all right, dude, like sick. Like it's like my hip hurts. My hand hurts. It's like, yeah, the odds are completely against you. And, you know, he's going to go out and be like, you know, if he had a good round, you know what I mean? It's like, well, you know, I'm doing pretty well with it. I'm just sick of hearing it. Yeah. It's just so repetitive and I did anyway. Dog water the week. It's an interesting case study, that's for sure. But I love watching them. Yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. You never know what you're going to get. Rep and Dave Stick. Give it a dog water. We're going to Ottawa. (laughs) Yes, we are. That's going to conclude episode 28 of season two. We're going to Ottawa. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate y'all. Make sure you like, subscribe, go follow on TikTok, leave a review, leave a five star rating uh, on Spotify and iTunes, and we'll be back next week. Peace.